dropping jewels. So, 2021 is a new year. However, the mechanics for dropping jewels are gonna change. Instead of doing affiliate marketing, I told myself why not support and advertise our dearest local home-based businesses or small businesses from now on, especially during COVID. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier on. So, expect food, apparel, services like design, photography, video, I don't know, babysitting or massage, you tell me. And I'm going to do all this for you guys for free until, of course, Adosia makes it big in numbers, which I have faith is soon. <laughs> so if you do want to advertise, drop me a dm you know where to find me and today it's gonna be beauty now if you are a fan of colored contact lenses at affordable prices or if you are looking for a perfume or cologne without alcohol that you can use for praying and everyday life this is a place to head to go to instagram and type am glitz i'll spell it out for you a-m-g-l-i-t-z and you'll find all the goodies So welcome to yet another episode of A Dossier. I hope you guys are doing well. So today is going to be the second episode out of the seven-part episode uh, that A Dossier is doing collaboration with Disconnect. And of course, just as a recap, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, we talked about love and self-love and um, MK actually shared uh, the tools and hacks of how you can actually practice self-love for yourself and the different levels of love that we have discussed in the previous episode so if you do want to check that out it's just previously before this um, but today of course it's going to be a different topic uh, I will let MK explain to you what we're going to talk about and also you will find out uh, what we're going to talk about today so without further ado I'm going to introduce MK welcome thank you so much for your thank time you actually have me. another episode Yay! <laughs> How are you, Eddie? It's so hot. We were talking off cast. It's so hot this few days. My God. Very hot. Like, a, you know, we are like burning in a fire, you know. It's, it's, it's like a symbol that, you know, summer is coming in a certain way. Really? And, you know, talking about fire, you know, fire oftentimes, you know, is very associated with, you know, drive, you know. It's associated with courage, you know, which happens to be the theme that, you know, we wanted to look into um, a little bit better, you know, this evening. Um yeah you're on the ball today i feel like i'm the one who is off today yeah but that's a good start you know that's really a good start so um you know like you were talking about we're going to touch about courage we're going to talk about courage today so i mean we can actually look back we have a seven part podcast episode but previously we're talking about love and self-love so i think it's only appropriate that we talk about courage next so um what do you think about courage like how from Talking about from love and self-love, how do we introduce courage to the audience? Like, what are the, what is the definition? Let's start with definition once again. What What is the definition of courage for you? All right, let me use the dictionary to show it to you. Courage, <laughs> you know, courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. You know, we call it bravery. Sometimes it's really about the strength in the face of pain or even grief. That's what, you know, Oxford, you know, dictionary will actually describe what courage is. And, you know, if I want to talk about, you know, what courage is about, I want to begin by talking about, you know, how courage is also a form of mental and moral strength to keep on continuing. Even when all the odds are kind of against us, even when our fear, our danger, the difficulties, the challenges, the circumstances are over us. 
but we have the courage to keep on moving forward. Mm. So you know, religious for men, you know, they talk about courage differently. Um, even yeah. even out of it, you know, we even look at it from a core fundamental value. You know, courage is really you know the push, the drive, you know, the persistence, um, the determination, you know, for a person to keep on moving forward, even when. Everything is against them. So I want to begin the session, you know, by asking the audience, you know, you know, when was the last time you know you you are courageous yourself in your life? When was the last time you were courageous in your life? Now it could be this morning, you know, when you know, I mean, in an office, you know, you notice that your boss, you know, is very angry walking towards you, and then you know, you know that you know you have very important documentation that you have to pass to him. Right. Yeah. And you kind of muster all your courage, despite all your triggers, you know, showing up. That you know you're getting affected clearly, you know, by your boss who is getting angry, even though he is not angry at you, but you can't help but to feel triggered or reactive towards it. But you know, it takes courage to walk towards him to pass him the assignment. And for some people, sometimes you know, it may not as it may not be as easy as it seems, considering that we are all different, unique human beings. You know, our constructs are technically different to begin with. Hmm. So you know, for other people, you know, courage is really about you know, um, bring out that part of you to do something. Could be you know something that you fear. You know, bungee jumping for some people, you know, to overcome their fear of heights. You know, for some people, it's about swimming because of the fear of water. Like myself, or mm-hmm. uh, okay. you know, one piece of works you know that I I will always remember is the egg defying act. You know, which I showcased during the exhibition in the December. So for those of you guys who already know me by now, I have a trauma with eggs. And you know, it kind of happened, you know, in a very, very, very young age when you know my younger brother decided to put a prank onto me when I was nine years old by putting an egg onto my nose, and I end up getting choked by the smell of it smell. when I was thinking. Yeah. So you know, since then, you know, I always you know have a psychosomatic reaction whenever egg is involved. Whenever I come near to egg, whenever I smell it. I get triggered, you know, in the physical symptom. So, for example, that particular piece of artwork, you know, called it defying it, it was really a confrontation where I actually confront my fear of eggs, literally. And you know, if for those of you guys who watch the video, it is really about me, you know, you know, facing the egg demon, you know, that I've been trapped my whole life for. Now that takes courage, you know. Because yeah. every eggs that I step, you know, I step a total of forty nine eggs, and every eggs that I step, you know, there was a lot of reaction that show up. So for those of you guys, you know, who hasn't catched that piece of work, it is currently showing at Sisi Humanistic Youth Center. Um, mm-hmm. the morning event is actually happening this coming Sunday, on seven March, you know, twenty twenty one, at one thirty pm, which you know, Miss Carrie Tan will actually be there, you know, to do an opening speech so that's that so courage you know for different people means different thing you know Shida you know I'm just wondering what about yourself you know what is something courageous you know for you that you have done in your life I think now I'm thinking about it like I'm thinking about my fears that I have I think probably my biggest fear is well my biggest trouble is having to say no to people that I care about much more of Winston I'm okay with heights I'm okay with water However, I'm afraid to die in the ocean. Everybody, I think most of the audience would know this because you, God knows whatever is in the ocean. We ourselves do not know. Like the sky's just going on a tangent for a bit. <laughs> we know whatever is in the sky. Like probably scientifically, we know of the Milky Way and everything. But in the ocean, 
underneath. We do not know anything about it. So that's one of my fears. I do not want to die in the ocean. And the other one is, I think I have overcome a fear of saying no to people recently. So I actually set boundaries for myself. Um, with the people I love and acquaintances as well. So it's, and I agree, going back to the part where you say that a lot of reactions came out from you when you were stepping on the eggs, I guess it goes with, I feel that fear and courage actually goes into an equation together. This is solely for me, just an opinion. I feel that fear and they go into an equation together because without fear, courage won't happen if you don't, if you don't have... I'm sure everyone has fear itself, but I think going through the motions of getting over the fear is something really big and it can get overwhelming. Yeah, because even for me as well, like, I was so afraid of, you know, saying no to people and setting boundaries because I'm so afraid of people getting hurt. <laughs> because you never know, even when you say no, it not intentionally to hurt someone people will get hurt over it you see so yeah so I think courage is also admitting one's fears and addressing it interesting interesting I say interesting you know it's because you know we all have a lot of fears and you know psychologically speaking you know there are six types of basic fear and you know the first type of fear is what we call the fear of poverty you know um you know, which is oftentimes, you know, it comes up, you know, in the material world that we live in. Um, the second type of fear, you know, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with it, it's called the fear of criticism. I'm sure everyone who is listening in would be like, okay, that's me. Or, that's not me, probably. Go on, MK. The third type of fear is what we call the fear of ill health, you know, falling mm-hmm. sick, you know, falling ill. And, you know, the other fear, the next fear, you know, is called the fear of loss of love that we are afraid of losing love. And, you know, the fifth type of fear is called what we call the fear of old age, which is also commonly known as the fear of impotency, Hmm. which is loss of power. You know, then the final fear that, you know, psychologists always talk about is the fear of death, which is oftentimes closely represented with the fear of unknown. You know, which is similar to what Shida, you know, you just mentioned about, you know, ocean. Mm-hmm. diving into the ocean, you know, and it's because of the unknown, you know, and the darkness that exists that awaits us, that makes us so fearful. Mm. So the point that, you know, sometimes we get paralyzed out of fear or we act very stupidly in the name of fear. I mean, you know, I don't know whether people can relate to that or people might find it offensive, you know. How many of us, you know, oftentimes we act irrationally out of fear? I think I have. <laughs> you know, it's a very, 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 very honest question. Hmm. The truth is, you know, most of us, even myself, you know, I've gone through that phase as well. You know, sometimes in the name of, you know, in the fear of criticism, you know, people lie. Especially like, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fear of ill health, you know, allows people to spend, you know, so much money onto medical, you know, pills, you know, that kind of stuff to prolong their life when, in fact, you know, they are actually healthy. True. The fear of loss of love, you know, makes a person have a relentless pursuit of beauty. Where people start, you know, cutting different parts of their bone. Oh you know, God, you're making me think right now. That's so true. I never thought about it that way. Sorry, go on. Yeah, does it make sense? You know, but people don't recognize the consequences of doing these little things, you know. For example, you know, the 
people, I mean, you know, people in the medical field, you know, will probably understand what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, when we cut different parts of our bones, we are also cutting the chi in our body as well. Yeah. So, you know, many, you know, we tend to act, you know, make choices, you know, out of fear as well. Fear of old age, you know, is probably, you know, fear of impotency is probably one of the factors, you know, I wouldn't say everything, but commonly, you know, it is the reason why people go for gymming, why people go for exercising, to keep mm. themselves to keep themselves healthy. And of course, you know, we talk about fear of unknown. Come on. We all yeah. are afraid of the unknown. We don't know when we're going to die. We don't know what's going to happen to us in the next moment. To be prepared for anything, yeah. and sometimes you know, we don't even know when we're gonna die. You know, you walk out on the road. You know, if you coincidentally didn't turn to your left side to check whether a car is coming, a car really comes and hits you. That's it. You're gone. The unknown is there. Of course, you know. Let's just put it this way. You know, Shida. Mm. Most of us we haven't even lived our life. That obviously, actually should be the biggest fear. <laughs> obviously, you know, we are afraid of dying, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why, you know, there's a saying that, you know, oftentimes at the final moments of a person, you know, they become awakened. Yeah. They start realizing that they haven't lived their life. And that's how the common regrets are being formulated. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar true. with it? Yeah, that that's actually, I mean, I am familiar with it, but via observation um, through my, you know, how old, this always happens with older people. I will. I realize this that either my parents or uncles, aunties would say that I should have lived my life better. I should have done everything that I could have done that I didn't do. So I hope that you would live lo- your life and not do the same. I think it's via that kind of observation. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So you know there was this um, nurse. You know she is a palliative nurse. Her name is actually mm. where you know she's been in the industry. You know with taking care of palliative patients. Um, basically, the patients who are going through the final phase of their journey in life. So this nurse, you know, has been working in the industry for about 20 years. So one of the things is, you know, she wrote this book called The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying. And the number one regret of the dying is this. Across, you know, 20 years of her professional career, the first one is this. I wish I have the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expect of me deep stuff it's true you know the second regret is this I wish I haven't worked so hard I bet everyone who is listening to that will be like yep that's me okay sorry MK go on that one you know I wish I had the courage to express my feelings talking about courage when was the last time we even express our own feelings when was the last time we allow ourselves to speak the truth Instead of babbling, you know, things that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. True. We live in a world where we become so suppressed with our emotions in order to what maintain peace, you know, with other people, really. Just because we are, uh, you know, we're trying to avoid conflicts, you know, to the point that we rather allow ourselves to settle for mediocre existence and never really manifesting or self-actualizing, you know, who we can be ultimately. And let's just say that you know many of the physical illnesses, diseases that we see today is nothing more but a manifestation of emotional baggages. For example, you know, research ha- research have already shown that you know, grief is one of the major factors that speeds up the growth of the cancer cells in our bodies, to the point that it goes out of control to form this thing called tumor. Correct, you didn't hear me wrongly. I just said that our bodies have cancer cells. We'll talk about that in another episode. Correct right. me if I'm wrong, but um, that's actually there's a term for that. It's called psych, psych, uh, psychosomatic, right? 
psychosomatic, oh, as I mentioned, psychosomatic is about, you know, um, physical symptoms that are induced by emotions. So mm. when first emotions, you know, we're looking to triggers, you know, that triggers certain emotion that cause a physical reaction. Now, when it comes to cancer, you know, it's a little bit complicated because mm. it, has gone, it has gone through the irreversible process. And, you know, just want to ask you, how many people actually die from cancer every single year? Oh my God, lots of them. A lot of them. I don't have the numbers right now with me, but Let I... Let me go it. <laughs> Especially in Singapore. Number so of people recently... died from cancer in the world in 2020. Let's start with 2020. Yeah. All right, the answer is, oh my God. There's an estimated 19.3 million new cancer cases every single year and almost 10 million cancer death in 2020 only. That's a lot, man. Let me verify the sources. A total of 1,008,000... Sorry, 1 million... Okay, this is very difficult. 1,806,590 new cancer cases and you know, 606,520 deaths were accounted in US back in 2020, just US alone. There is almost more than half a million, which means that every single day we're looking at 1,006 people dying from cancer each day. Now, these statistics that I'm looking at is based from the cancer statistic in 2020 published in the American Cancer Society, peer-reviewed journal, a cancer journal for clinicians. In Singapore itself, I just Googled as well, 37, no, wait. 37 people in a day are diagnosed with cancer every single day. Oh my god. In Singapore itself. Singapore Cancer Society. So, yeah. That's how much people die from cancer. And let's just say that, you know, we live in a very separate society where we are not really free to express ourselves. And, you know, the inability to express our true feelings, you know, does have an implication of, on our physical health, our mental health, and our emotional health as well. Yeah. All right. Now, going back to the regrets, you know, the fourth regret is this. I wish I've stayed in touch with my friends. I'm giving like a sad face right now. It's <laughs> well, so sad. It is, you know, oftentimes, you know, when we realize that, you know, as we grow older, we realize that, you know, the people around us that we used to see in our life, you know, slowly disappearing. Yeah. We oftentimes don't realize the benefits of our old friends until our final days. And we realize that most of them are no longer here. Many of us were so caught up in our life to the point that sometimes you know we don't even have the space or even the capacity to maintain any relationships. So that's how relationships start spilling over and you know it creates a regret. Now, Shida, can you guess what's the final regret of the dying? The top five, you know, the fifth one. Hmm, let me think for a bit. Uh the last one was not keeping in touch with friends. I think probably living life is done. Not achieving their dreams? Is that part of the well, first one that you... Well, the fifth one is this. No, I wish I've let myself be happier. Oh. What was it? Sorry again? I wish I've let myself be happier. Oh, wow. This should be the checklist before the you know everyone passes away in comparison to a bucket list of the things that... Well, I guess it shouldn't be a checklist where people pass away. I think it should be a checklist for people to live their life. So that they live their life so that they won't have any regrets by the time they die. I mean, that's the thing, you know, if we live, if we die 
if we die when we leave then we don't really die when we die deep points again yeah true I agree with you on that, that. again alright if we if we die while we live we don't die when we die you know I'm gonna use this for the audiogram later right? <laughs> sure go ahead just remember to quote me I will no but that's a that's, that's a very good line actually it is well, it is some of the life experiences I kind of accumulated, you know, watching, you know, as a coach, you know, as a healer, you know, um, watching how people go through life itself. Um, even in this in this line of work, you know, as a public advocate for mental health and suicide prevention, you know, some of the stories, you know, are very apparent to me. And I realized that, you know, one of one of the greatest gifts of, you know, knowing, you know, what life and death has to teach us, you know, is to be able to en- en- encompass, you know, and capture, you know, the beauty and the essence of it. And that, you know, we, you know, sometimes, you know, we are so hung up about life that, you know, we act as though, you know, there's not enough. For example, there's not enough money. There's not enough love. And, you know, the way that we act, you know, sometimes it doesn't really make sense to the point that sometimes we don't even understand why the hell we do the things that we do. But for what? Yeah. The greatest gift of life is True. The greatest. True. I agree with you. Usually... With the motions of life, I think the clarity will only come later. In real-time examples, in the sense that if you fight with your friends or your parents, sometimes there are instances where, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this as well, that, you know, like, in the case that you get into a fight with a friend and then suddenly they pass away because of something, because they, they're healthy people, but suddenly they pass away because of an illness and then the regret would come. And then going back to your point where, we say things that we don't mean and then eventually we'll regret it. Actually, by right, life is simple. If we are able to not push away, but say and communicate the things that we feel in the instances of a fight or an argument, I think it'll be better that way. Yeah, and you know, when you say that, it kind of reminds me of the movie Wonder Woman, the recent mm. you know, Wonder Woman 1985, you know, sorry, 1984, I think. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you know, there was this particular scene nearing to the end, you know, where, you know, there was this couples, you know, inside the restaurant, you know, they were having an argument, you know, and, you know, he made a wish, you know, because, you know, the whole point was, you know, they were making wishes, you know, you know, in a, in a very detrimental way, you know, he made a wish that he wishes his wife that he was arguing with die in that moment. And literally the wife died in front of him. So, you know, how often do we say the things that we don't mean? And even when speaking our truth, you know, it is sometimes very difficult, especially when, you know, it allows us to be so vulnerable, yet we are not conditioned to be one ourselves. And I guess, you know, it takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of personal power as well to be able to speak our truth, to be able to stand for what is right, you know, for ourselves, value system. Now, I'm not talking about morality. You know, I'm speaking more from, you know, having the courage, you know, to pursue our dreams, having the courage, you know, to pursue what really matters, having the courage to create a life that truly matters to us. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, I think, you know, Shida, you know, it would be interesting to ask the audience, you know, is really think about, you know, the moments, you know, when was the last time we really let ourselves to be courageous? When was the last time we did the things that was true to us? Even when our family members, you know, the people around us are against it. Did we give ourselves that permission to live courageously? Yeah. I'm not talking from a space of rebellion, you know. I'm talking about a space of, you know, confronting our fears, living a life with courage. Yeah. Huge difference. 
Yeah, and the emotions, and it's as simple as a real time setting of when we are in school, and then you know we have a crush on someone, and then telling them the feelings. That also, that is also well, being courageous. Well, you know, it could be that as well. It all happened, you know, for some of us, you know, at some point. Especially, I mean, as and the reason why, I mean, just to go on attention for a bit, the reason why we're talking about this is because I, there's so many times in life that we are not got how to actually deal with our emotions and surprisingly enough at a young age expressing our feelings to our crush is one of the scariest things that we can ever go through or probably going for an obstacle course in school so yeah it there's so many things that is actually that contributes to courage itself fears and we never thought about dealing with our emotions so I think yeah have you ever felt that MK Have you Sorry You were saying Yeah you you Finish your question No I I was just I was just wondering Have have you ever like Felt that recently When Especially in the predicament Of a decision Like How many times And I'm thinking This question to myself as well How many times Have you Take the leap In a predicament Of a decision I mean, I truthfully think, you know, all the times, you know, any leaders, you know, will be able to resonate with it, you know, with what I just said. You know, every single choices that we make, you know, does have a huge impact that doesn't just involve us, but involve, you know, not just only the team, but also the impact that we're trying to create. You know, for example, you know, if I were to think about it this way, you know, I remember very clearly, you know, um, you know, back in 2019, you know, as we begin to start setting up this whole exhibitions, you know, disconnect platform, you know, one of the things was, you know, um, you know, I think, you know, for some of you guys who actually know the backstory, you know, me and my partner in crime, you know, Queen, you know, at the point of time, we were, repre- we were representing Singapore for a cultural showcase. Um, it was an exhibition that was between Singapore and KL. And, you know, halfway in the middle of exhibition, I received a phone call that my friend friend actually passed away through suicide. Mm. So I think in that moment, you know, it... I look at Queen, you know, Queen look at me, you know, we knew exactly what we had to do because, you know, we've been talking about mental health, emotional wellness for a very long time. And we know how it connects to us at a very fundamental level. But we took that as an omen, you know, to push something out in Singapore for real. So we came back immediately in Singapore. We started rallying, you know, different mental health organizations. So what was interesting was, you know, we kept on going. And then, you know, in March, you know, that's when COVID happened. Mm. You know, there was a lockdown happened and, you know, to our disappointment, you know, we come to realize that certain advocacy for mental health and suicide prevention may not necessarily appear to be what they claim to be. So, you know, when, you know, people had a lot of disbelief that an exhibition can actually change people's understanding and awareness of mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, you know, in that moment, you know, we 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 got hit really hard because, you know, some of the sponsors, you know, was necessary so that we can make the exhibition happen where people started pulling up because of the current um, COVID situation, crisis, you know, recession, all that as well. If we allow people... Correct. If we allow people to say no, if we took the no that people gave us, or rather we took people backing off as an answer, no, the September show wouldn't have happened. Now, if the September show did not happen, the December and January full exhibition would not have happened either. It was because, you know, we simply could not allow people to say no because the cause was more important than who we are and the disappointment that we face. We kept on persisting. Even when the odds were kind of against us, you know, every single step, you know, it really takes a lot of courage. 
you know, we were literally on calls, you know, every single day, you know, trying to put out the fire. The odds were literally against us, you know. But because we didn't allow ourselves to give up, we allowed our determination, our persistence, the vision that we had, you know, to be bigger than any of our priorities. And because of that, you know, eventually sponsors, you know, like, you know, I mean, you know, different sponsors like Audio Technica, Bayer Dynamic, you know, Sennheiser, you know, even Asic Shop House, you know, many more, you know, they started coming in. They started putting up resources, you know, so that we can actually manifest and actualize the exhibition. And it's all because, you know, we wouldn't allow ourselves to take no for an answer. It's all because, you know, we didn't want to back off, you know, or allow defeat to consume us if we didn't put up a good fight. And all we wanted to do is to really make a difference to people. And that was a simple intention, but, you know, that intention really pushed us in the night of crisis. Agree. And the, the adversity is just... I, is it safe to say that when you were faced with that adversity, just off cast as well, when you were faced with that adversity, is it safe to say that... Because I'm the kind of person who don't think about repercussions when I leap for a decision into a, situ- uh, into a situation. But is it safe to say that you dealt with the... Tr- because of your intentions, you dealt with the adversity that came as and when it came. You don't think that much about it. Well, uh, of course, you know, I did feel disappointed. Like, I felt, you know, a little bit betrayed you know, and a little regret. Um, because I came to realise that not everybody stand, you know, in the same place that I stand. True. You know, That's very true. But we have to recognize that, you know, whatever that I felt, you know, was nothing more about emotional reaction, emotional response. Then, you know, if I were to go back intellectually, how do I strategize? How do I make the next move? What's the best possible move that I can make? And, you know, there's a lot of calculations involved as well. Mm. So that every single step that we make has to be impeccable that way. Not perfect, but impeccable. So, you know, some of these opportunities only come in once, you know, if you miss it, that's it. So the, the question is, you know, are you the right person? Are you the right person in the current stage of your life that you're in? How do you know that? Look at the challenges that life throws at you. How do you overcome them? Do you allow defeat to consume you? Or do you trump over it? Now, of course, you know, it's easy to say that, hey, we all should overcome our challenges. We should overcome our, you know, stuff. But, you know, oftentimes some of these problems can appear bigger than who we are. Yeah. Seriously, you know, I look at my whole life, you know, my whole life, you know, has always been filled with challenges. You know, people we, you know, people tend to look at the, you know, the surface things, you know, where you know the glorious things, you know. But you know, we're gonna realize that you know the behind the glorious things, you know, lies with a lot of challenges, a lot of fights, a lot of fire putting, you know, in times of crisis. True. I think that's another. That's another daily fear as well that as human beings, I think I can relate to and probably the audience can relate to. People always have this perspective that failure of any kind means that you're going to fail for the whole of your life. People fear failure. Whereas for me, it seems like a stepping stone. Like you were saying, your your perseverance to actually go through the adversities and people always look at things on the surface. But however without the failures that you went through, it wouldn't bring you to where you are right now, even though if people look at on the surface itself. True to that, you know, there are lessons, you know, there are wisdom, you know, to take away, you know, from our failures. And, you know, if we learn those lessons, you know, we stop ourselves from making it, then, you know, it increases our odds for succeeding. 
you know, sometimes, you know, the problem is, you know, most people, you know, we don't learn our lesson. And that's why I keep making the same error again and again and again and again. So, you know, Right. I agree with you. Right. So it takes a, lot, a bit of intelligence and wisdom to be able to pluck out the lessons from our failures. It takes a lot of introspection as well. It takes a lot of self-awareness as well. True. But I mean, you know, the whole fundamental thing is, you know, if you don't even have the courage to continue to walk your path, then, you know, you we can't even have any fight in the first place. And if there's no fight, you know, how can we win? So that's why, you know, when we talk about courage, you know, courage is something that's oftentimes associated with fire. Because, you know, when the ground starts burning, you know, can you have the courage to walk through your path? Even though your path is filled with fire, flames, you know, that hurts you, that burns you. Just because, you know, the angle is more important than who you are and what you're going through as a process. Yeah, very, very true. You know... On a tangent once again, off cast, on top of my head. I feel like sometimes, you know, I wish they teach these kind of things in school. I really do. Love, courage, and all the future topics that we're going to talk about in our seven-part podcast. Because I I think, you know, we were, we were talking so much about mental health. Because I, I going back to the point where I feel that if your insights are not dealt with and we don't have all these core values in ourselves, reminded again or talked about again, illnesses like cancer and probably chronic illnesses like, not chronic illnesses, probably, you know, like popular illnesses such as cancer, diabetes and all that. Diabetes, I think it came, the fundamentals of it is, I myself, I'm saying this for myself because I emotional eat. I feel that diabetes can be resolved if the insights are resolved, which means our emotion. So that's why I feel that I, I, I just hope one day, I don't know how we're going to inculcate it. I think they do teach it in our education system, but outside the normal education syllables. But I just feel that it could be taught more, you know, and input in kids so that stuff like bullying and in the future illnesses like this can be prevented as they get older. Yeah, that's what I think. But let's just say that, you know, it takes a lot of courage, you know, to even ask for help. You know, in, in the context of mental health, you know, oftentimes we're struggling, we're fighting our own fights, and it really takes a hell of a lot of courage to step up, to ask somebody who can help you to ask for support. Yeah. You know, it also takes courage, you know, to apologize when we make errors in our life to the people that we hurt or harm or damage in the process of getting enough of ourselves. Sometimes it is unconscious. That means we hurt people around us unintentionally, but the hurt is there. Do we have the courage to own ourselves? Do we have the courage, you know, to own our mistakes? You know, to take the necessary actions, you know, to restore what is necessary. You know, it takes a lot of courage to change as well. Because changing will also mean that something inside of you must die. So there's some other parts of you can live. There's the other misconception as well. Whenever, you know, like especially in a setting of like arguments and fights, you we always, I'm saying myself as well, we always expect somebody else or our partners, our spouse, our friends or anyone else to change within a day, a day itself, which is not possible. And I'm saying this because everyone who listens can read it as well, which is a funny thing. And we should be reminded that change is not, you know, 24 hours. It takes time as well. Yep. <laughs> Such a solemn topic, you know. I was expecting, you know, the audience, you know, to be more exciting, you know, but I'm feeling very solemn. You well, know, not me as well. 
Well, Shida, you know, I was thinking, you know, since just now you talk about, you know, we wish that, you know, schools actually taught us all of these things, you know, why don't we, you know, give our audience, you know, a couple of exercises? Um, maybe it will help them to, you know, propel, you know, more courageous in their life. I was getting to that, yeah, because I thought about that, yeah. Do you well, have any that you exercise in your exhibitions? Or? Well, one of the things that I tend to do as a practice in my life is, you know, I tend, you know, this was something that was training, you know, back then, you know, in my um in my, you know, coaching programs that, you know, I, you know, I've done with my mentors and teachers, you know, was this, you know, sometimes we just have to do something that is of courage to us and make that into a habit to the point that it becomes part of our system. Mm. Such that, you know, acting with courage, you know, is natural. Imagine just acting courageously in the name of our fear already give us this amount of boost of energy. Now imagine you do that every single day. Where would you be five years from now? Oh wow! Consistency now, is another thing as well. Correct. So you know, it's one thing that we're talking about today. What if every single moment, every single hour, you live your life with courage? Where do you think your life will be? We're looking into a very different trajectory of how you're living your life right now. Literally. True, and I would always like to say this to my friends as well. Like for my friends who always say that I'm always afraid of going, you know, out of the norm. I would ask them to do something like for your exercise. It's the same as well. I would ask them to do something that they are afraid of daily. As simple as smiling to strangers. I mean, now we can't do it because we're wearing masks. But as simple as asking people, how are you doing? Even though if we're wearing masks, but hey, how are you doing? To anyone, to you know, to people that you buy coffee from, as simple as in the in the train. I know it's scary in Singapore with all the, you know, societal stigmas that we are brought in, especially in boxes. If you were to say that, yeah, of course, the fear of someone would think that, oh my god, this person is crazy asking me how I'm doing. But the act of doing it itself is something that would make you feel better, which I have bits by bits and. I don't mind people think I'm crazy, but yeah, I will actually ask them how they're doing. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's actually a a good thing. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant, you know, you know, literally you knew it, you know, in the context of mental health, sometimes, you know, all it takes is asking another person, how are you feeling? How was your day? And then I open up a whole huge conversation that, you know, for a person to speak their struggles, their difficulties, their challenges that they're facing in life. Now, we may not necessarily, you know, solve all the problems, but, you know, it gives you a first step, you know, into allowing a person to express, you know, what they're really dealing with. Yeah. So, us living our life courageously, doing something out of courage can actually benefit the people around us besides just us. Yep. It can help somebody hope. Yeah. I, I'm usually an awkward ball, but that's also one fear that I'm trying to go through because I feel that you, it's as simple as a smile or asking someone how they are doing. It will change. It might not change our lives, but it will change someone else's life. And I feel that our society, and not only saying in Singapore, we have fallen into the trap of autopilot. Everybody is asking everyone, how everyone, hi, how are you? 
And then the standard answer would be like, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, we talked about this in the previous episode, right? I think the whole, everyone in the world has, has fallen trapped into that kind of perspective, which I think your exercise comes in handy. So I think, what do you think? I, I feel like asking everyone to like go, go crazy and go happy about it and just, you know, as simple as just asking their moms or their dads, how are you doing today? Set aside five minutes and talk to them. Definitely, that definitely works. Another altern- alternative is, you know, having a person, you know, to do something out of their comfort zone. That will actually build a certain discipline of courage within them. Now, every small step that we take, it all amounts to something. So don't ever underestimate a small act of courage. Let me know. Maybe we can, you know, use that as an indicator, you know, to start the session for the next recording. True. Thought it would be interesting. Now that you, every time that I have like a podcast session with you and we talk about all these topics, I feel that I'm reminded again. It. The funny thing is, every time we do this, I feel that even the audience can relate. That we know all this, you know. It's just that we are not applying it in our lives. So every time it feels like a therapy session. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, I think uh, for the audience who are listening in, I think you should try exercises. One, you should, I mean, to sum it up, you should actually do something that is out of your comfort zone, which would actually give you energy. So, yeah. Um, I think that's the importance of courage as now that me, MK and me has unpacked. MK, do you have anything else to add? Well, I think, you know, this is a very, very nice end. You know, I'm very happy to be here today sharing with the audience a little bit, you know, one or two things about courage that I know of. And mm. it's privileged, you know, for Shida, you know, for me, for you to have me, you know, on board, you know, to be able to share with, you know, the audience, you know, some of these things that I know. And hopefully people can find inspiration and more courage in their life, whether it's to speak their truth, whether it's to live their life to the fullest, you know, whatever that makes sense. And, you know, with that, you know, March is coming. I mean, March is already here. Um, you know, a quarter of the year has passed. And it's time to create new goals for those of you guys who have achieved, you know, what you wanted to achieve quarterly. And for those of you guys, you know, who haven't, may you have more courage to live that part of you that's true to it and to keep on persisting and to fight your fight. I wish you all the best. That's well said, actually. Um, I think, for me, um, take it, take life one step at a time. List down what your fears are, and try to apply, try to make changes to it bit by bit. And like MK say, you apply it day by day. Like, how many fears do you have? Write it down. I usually do that. I write it down and then I would apply actions to it. Call to action, they would say. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, because if you don't, once again, going back to the point that MK said, if you don't live your life, you're gonna have regrets. Let's just remind ourselves not to have that let's just achieve that for now not to have any regrets because at the end of it at the core of it all if you work towards that you have the discipline and self-control to reach your goals and live your life and speak your truth there'll be no regrets so let's look forward to that no regrets <laughs> okay um yeah when 
where is the ex- so the current exhibition happening? Just so the audience can go and visit your exhibition for peace of mind and you can support uh, this connect. Well, the current exhibition is happening at Cici Humanistic Youth Center. Um, we actually brought the full exhibition down there, so you know it is currently open till June. So, you know, it is located at 30 Yishun. So, you know, come down, check out some of the works, um, experience the works, you know, for those of you guys who haven't. I think it's a fantastic opportunity, you know, because that space is one of the space that really inspires me. It is one of the zenest, zen space, you know, in Singapore that I'm aware of. So check it out, Sisi Humanistic Youth Center from now till June. Okay, so you guys heard MK, so go and visit. Shida, what I can do is, you know, I can send you some of the materials, then maybe you can put up, you know, link it with the podcast or something, then they can screw it up. Sure, sure, I will. The usual, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, You can send me all the materials, I'll put it in the show notes, so the audience um, will be able to to go to the links and they will actually find out what are the date, the time and the venue itself. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. All right. So you guys should visit, okay? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, MK, for your time. Thank you for, and thank thank you you for having for me. your views. Thank you. Thank and you. So we'll meet for the... I mean, we for audience, stay tuned. We will have another... We will have... How many more now? 765. Five more podcast uh, episodes for the collaboration. So do look forward. And thank you so much, MK, for your time. Every time, thank you. It feels like therapy when I'm talking to you. So <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. Um, it is 12 a.m. now. I think, you know, it is a, nice, <laughs> it is a good time to say goodnight to our audience, you know, who are tuning in. Yep. Thank you so much. Good night, everyone. Thank you, MK. Thank you.